Back to the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Happy Thanksgiving Eve to everybody out there. Uh, Thanksgiving's nice enough, but what I like about the Thanksgiving holiday more than anything is Nebraska and Iowa facing off. Now, unfortunately, it hasn't gone well for Nebraska, as we all know, for several years here. Uh, but uh, we got we, we got some hope here. And Iowa's got a lot more to play for this season. But Nebraska, obviously, can if they can get an upset, you'll feel really good about going into the offseason, uh, at least for something. And it, it really, you know, with the change in coaching staff and all that, um, it might not mean too much, but I think I think I think for the Husker fan base more than anything, they just need a good moment here and there, and those have been hard to come by. So beating Iowa would certainly do that. Uh, to preview the Iowa Hawkeyes, we've reached out to an old friend, David Eicholt, the Iowa Hawkeye insider for twenty four seven Sports and CBS Sports. David, thanks for uh, thanks for joining the airways once again here on ninety three seven The Ticket. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. I appreciate you reaching out to me. It's uh, good to connect up with you guys again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe we can make a yearly tradition out of this as long as Nebraska and Iowa are in the same pod, I guess, moving forward uh, <laughs> once this uh, college football thing settles down, if it ever does. Uh, but let's uh, let's talk first about this game here. What is just the kind of general feel for Iowa as they have uh, Nebraska in their way here? Is this is this do they kind of feel this is more about Iowa and, 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 and getting done what they need to do? Or is there a focus on Nebraska this week? Uh, kind of your feeling from the press conferences? Yeah, I think there's just a focus on Nebraska. I mean, I think the one of the big things that Kirk Ferentz and his team emphasized us yesterday and we talked to them is Kirk put up uh, the scores from the previous four seasons and said, look, it's been one possession games. Despite the record differences, you got to throw them out. And he said he hasn't really brought up the clinching the Big Ten West. It's all about taking care of Nebraska. And especially, I think it's a little bit hard to scout Nebraska. It's what Jack Campbell told us because – they really don't have an identity right now, but they can do some different things. And as you mentioned, I think a win for Nebraska would do them wonders heading into the offseason. So I was expecting them to throw the kitchen sink at them on both sides of the ball. It wouldn't surprise me if that's the case. But as I mentioned, when these two teams meet, I think you have to throw out the records. It's going to be all about the product on the field. And Look, I still think Nebraska's got some playmakers on both sides of the ball, and I've watched Iowa all season long, and it's still hard for me to grasp what kind of team this Iowa team is because they just find some ways to win the most ridiculous games that they have no business in. So Iowa's going to be missing some key faces in this game. Can you tell us who those people are and, and who might be taking their spots? Yeah, I think the big story of yesterday was Sam Laporta, who could be the Big Ten's tight end of the year, is out. He got a lower leg injury against Minnesota, I believe it was in the late first quarter, and he already had 95 yards in that game. He was really that jump start for that Iowa offense that scored 10 first quarter points. But I think a guy that people will need to look out for, and I think he's going to be a breakout player in the Big Ten next year, is tight end Luke Lachey, the son of former Ohio State great Jim Lachey. Luke stepped up over the course of the season at 77 yards last week, including a 33-yarder that ultimately set up the game-winning 21-yard field goal. So I would take a look at him, and I do expect Iowa to run a lot less uh, fullback because Monty Potabom is going to be out as well, and he's been a big part in Iowa trying to get an identity running the football. But I think the bright spot for Iowa fans is Caleb Johnson, who's been spectacular as a true freshman for Iowa. He's going to be available at running back. I expect him to get a big bulk of the carries, but 
I expect Iowa to utilize a lot of motion and just to try to get this Nebraska defense off balance because I think Nebraska's defense has actually played better over the past couple of weeks compared to where they were at the beginning of the season. So I would take a look there. And on the defensive side of the ball, I think Iowa, for the most part, is pretty healthy compared to who they've played most of the season. Kayvon Merriweather's at full strength. Terry Roberts, star cornerback, is still out. So Cooper DeGene's taking over there. And outside linebacker Justin Jacobs has been injured most of the year with, uh, I believe, is a shoulder injury. So for it being November football, Iowa's relatively healthy going into this one. Uh, they, they do got a quite a cast of characters on the defensive side of the ball. If you're looking at, at playmakers there, I mean, where do you, I mean, Jack Campbell's obviously uh, kind of the leader of that group. I've been really impressed by Cooper DeGene. I mean, obviously Riley Massa returning all American. Uh, how does this off uh, this Iowa defense kind of stack up to some of the past really, I mean, you could say great defenses uh, under Kirk Ferentz's. You know, I think this has a case to be the best that he's ever had. I mean, I think last week against Minnesota, it took a big hit. I mean, Iowa allowed Minnesota to go for 319 yards. Mohamed Ibrahim, who I can't believe has had the season he's had coming off that Achilles injury, he had Iowa for 263 yards on the ground, and that's not something you typically see. I mean, Iowa held Ohio State to 63 rushing yards. Blake Corum from Michigan had a little bit of success. But every other team really has not ran the ball well against Iowa. So I think it's a top two or top three defense in the Kirk Ferentz era. I just think you look at – all three levels, they got big playmakers. Lucas Van Ness will have a legitimate decision to make at the end of the year. He's getting first-round buzz if he returns. He might be one of the best defensive ends in the nation. As you mentioned, Jack Campbell, who's now a finalist for the Buckus Award, created a pair of turnovers against Minnesota, which ultimately sealed the deal there. And Cooper DeGene, you could basically play him at five or six different spots in this defense, and he's had no problem adjusting there so I think in terms of just consistency and all-around playmakers this Iowa defense might be the deepest that Kirk's had at least in his tenure and of course the, the the struggle for Iowa has kind of been well known throughout the year they've got it going as you mentioned at the running back position uh and just overall I mean Spencer Petras had his season high for throwing the other day I was kind of reading a, a tweet there though I, I thought it's interesting do you think that he's going to be well received for his like senior I mean senior day do you think that is is, is Iowa Nation kind of being easy on him or are they they really kind of give him the business here yeah, you know, I think that's going to be an intriguing question. I do think that after the first three weeks went by, people, the media, fans, everyone else realized, you know, this probably isn't all Spencer Petras's fault. I mean, if you look at Iowa's offensive line, they're starting four sophomores and a freshman. Iowa basically flopped on two recruiting classes in the offensive line. I mean, none of them are on the two deep, essentially. So I think there's issues there. Iowa had two scholarship wide receivers available for the first two games of the year a brand-new running back room, a first-year tight end coach. So I think Petrus took the brunt of the blame. But you also got to think about this. Spencer Petrus could be, I believe, the first Big Ten quarterback to have two Big Ten title appearances, which is insane to think about. When you think about his last 24 games, I think he's thrown for, I mean, eight, maybe I think ten touchdowns. And Iowa still somehow winning football games in inconceivable ways. So I think he's going to be well-received. I think he's played his best football over the past four weeks. Nothing eye-popping statistically, but he's throwing the football better. He's not turning it over. And again, I think Iowa fans and everybody else started to realize, you know, this might be more Brian Ferentz and Kirk Ferentz in the offensive line than Spencer Petras.
<laughs> well, that's that's good to hear because I, you know, you, hopefully he gets a good reception on Senior Day. Um, do you is there pressure somewhat on Ferentz to hit the portal? I knew that was kind of a big deal going into this year that he kind of stayed away from modern football, but it's gonna adjust one way or the other. I mean, especially at that quarterback spot with Spencer Petras moving on is. Is there kind of talks around moving, you know, moving toward uh, embracing that stuff? Or are they going to just kind of stick the eye away? Because, I mean, again, once again this year, it is working. Yeah, I mean, it's working to a degree. But Iowa over the past two years is a case study. There will never be a college football team that wins as many games with the differential and stats between offenses, special teams, and defense. It's just not possible. It's not going to happen, right? <laughs> So I, I have heard murmurs that there are going to be a couple top targets at quarterback when they enter the portal, if they enter the portal. I think Iowa's going to keep a close eye on it. And the reality is, I, again, it's not sustainable. Iowa's going to have to get a quarterback. I think they need to get two wide receivers, and I think there needs to be substantial coaching changes and turnover, uh, whether it be Brian Ferentz maybe stepping down or going to the NFL, which there is some legitimate behind-the-scenes buzz about doing and maybe Iowa making a couple positional coaching changes. But if you have two scholarship wide receivers available, there's clearly something wrong in terms of just the roster management. Yes. Iowa was hit with bad health luck all off season long. Notably Keegan Johnson's been out except for 15 snaps this season. I know there's going to be a lot of close eyes on what he's going to do in this off season and what Iowa's was going to do. But I do think that Iowa is not going to fully embrace the transfer portal. They don't want to build their entire team around it. But as you mentioned, in NIL with the transfer portal, it's really inexcusable if after the season they've had, they don't want to hit the transfer portal. Even if they don't want to, it's almost coaching malpractice not to. Uh, David Eichel, Hawkeye Insider for 24-7 Sports, joining us here on the Ticket Water Cooler, 93.7 The Ticket. Uh, what is the, who is, I guess, the, the madman behind this madness that is uh, continual special teams and defensive touchdowns? Uh, that are, It's not like maybe they'll get it. Like, they need it week in and week out. Is that more, you know, from the top down with Kirk Ferentz, or is that Phil Parker? I think it's a couple people. One, Kirk Ferentz always preaches complimentary football. That's what Iowa thrives off of. Iowa knows they're never going to be elite offensively. I mean, the reality is Iowa's had a couple of years way back in the early 2000s when they were top 10, top 15 offense. But if you look at over the course of the past 15 years, there's been three different coordinators. And with respect to the program, what Iowa's done, it's all garbage, but it's a different center for Breeze that they put on the garbage. I mean, it's the same, it's the same exact scheme. It's the same exact project. Iowa has had some playmakers. But as far as the credit goes, it starts with Kirk Ferentz. Uh, Phil Parker, I think, deserves a Broyles Award this year oh, yeah. for nation's top coordinator. I just, it, again, when you look at Iowa being 130th in total offensive yardage, and they're probably going to win their division if they can, if they can find a way to beat Nebraska. I think he deserves a lot of credit, but also LeVar Woods on special teams. I mean, the way he schemes up these punt blocks, Iowa's had three this year, uh, kickoff returning, punt returning. He just sees special teams completely different. He's coached a couple different positions at Iowa before he got elevated to special teams coordinator. Everything he's coached has turned to gold. And I've said this on the record, too. I think whenever Kirk Ferentz calls it a career, I think the number one person that should take over for him is going to be LeVar Woods. Oh, oh, that's fascinating. Is there? I, I did see some rumors about that too early in the season. Is there is 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 there writing on the wall for Kirk to maybe consider uh, retiring at any point, or is that just because of the Brian Ferentz stuff that was kind of going on? You know, I think the Brian Ferentz stuff had more to do with it. But I'll go back to to COVID in twenty twenty. 
for, for me, I thought he was near the end of his career then. I think a lot of other my colleagues did as well. But I think once COVID hit, he got a taste of what retirement is. He wasn't really ready to settle down into bird watching and trying a new creme brulee recipe in his kitchen, right? He was not ready to do that yet. He was probably bored. And he just said, look, this is, I'm passionate about coaching. He said, I'm in the best shape I've been in. I feel better than I did 10 years ago. Iowa obviously gave him a huge contract at the end of the last offseason. He's recruiting better than he ever has been before. And Iowa's winning games. And while it's a big deal as far as the ever-changing landscape of college football, NIL, transfer portal, and everything else, I think Kirk knows he has a chance to continue to solidify his legacy. Now, if he wins a Big Ten title, if he somehow finds a way to get it done this year, again, this is not something I'm hearing behind the scenes. I'd be very, very intrigued about his kind of mentality toward that would be. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's fascinating stuff. Uh, Dave, before we let you go, uh, we would want to uh, get your opinions on the Husker here and the Husker coaching search. You, uh, you are a graduate of Nebraska. You say you've been watching all the games. What do you think Nebraska needs to do, maybe somewhat philosophy-wise, or if you have a coach in mind, what do you think Nebraska's next step should be here uh, going into the next phase of the Big Ten? I think a couple things. You know, I don't really have any specific name that I would look for them to hire, but I think what they need to do is they need to have somebody that emphasizes offensive and defensive line play. That's just the reality of Big Ten football. You need great work in the trenches. You need a a solid defense. And I think you need to be able to embrace NIL, embrace the transfer portal, and really utilize NIL to the advantage. With a brand that Nebraska has in college football still to this day, much maybe some outsiders, especially Iowa people, don't want to admit. Nebraska still has a national brand. They have a huge Oma, you know, Oma Mater. They have a passionate alumni who are going to chip in for NIL. I think if they can emphasize recruiting, NIL, defense, and line play, I think that they can take the next step into getting back to where Nebraska wants to get back, which at this point I think is a consistent uh, bowl appearance team that can contend for Big Ten titles. I think if you can do that, you certainly go a long way because I don't think it'll take much to get Nebraska back once they take the baby steps going forward. He's David Eichold of Hawkeye, Hawkeye Insider for 24-7 Sport. David, thanks for joining us, and, and uh, once again, have a great Thanksgiving, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll talk to you again uh, this time next year. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Happy Thanksgiving. Take care. All right, there he goes, David Eichold. Uh, always fun. I know you guys don't like the Hawkeyes, but we should at least know the enemy as we no, kind of go okay. into the game. We'll talk about him a little bit. <laughs> we'll talk about him a little bit. And then we we'll talk about him in a negative light. <laughs> it's just fascinating. I, I still am fascinated, and I, I agree with him. I mean, Phil Parker, um, what he's been able to do, and then that special teams you know, coach he was talking about, for them to have the season that they've had where they, re- they again, rely- it's not like maybe we'll get some points or hopefully get some you points today. It. They rely on points from defense and special teams, and they get it every week. Iowa is the weirdest team. Like it he is. said, it, 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 this the statistical anomaly that is Iowa this season will never happen again. I don't, I don't care who you think you are. This, this will never happen again, the way that they're able to win games with defensive and special teams touchdowns and like a field goal. The, the, yeah. the, the fact that there was there was probably a stretch where they had a safety in like a couple straight games like Remember that's they had just two wild. safeties earlier like they won the, their first was it their first or second game they won without scoring a touchdown like yeah. how I think they had two safeties in like game. yeah it's wild I don't understand it and that's why I like watching Iowa football it's, it's, it's disgusting it's just incredible to watch uh, how they're going to score how they get you know it's all it seems like a close game 
But Kirk Ferentz Your just definition always of incredible is weird. Oh, it is incredible. It's, it's a lot of fun to watch for me. Uh, but uh, anyway, I'll get to watch two of my favorite things. Uh, Iowa Hawkeyes football playing style. Not Iowa Hawkeyes in general. Iowa Hawkeyes football playing style and Nebraska uh, go at it here on Black Friday. So we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Matt Rule actually had an appearance on a, uh, on a, on a football show this morning. Let's Good hear morning, what he football. had to say because... Uh, well, let's just talk a little bit about the coaching search. There's also some other guys getting raises. Where does it? Where's this all land for Nebraska? You're welcome. <laughs> we'll talk about that next year on the Ticket Water Cooler, 93.7 The Ticket. <laughs> 